You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You heard it here first on the 415ers podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. Getting away from the Rams and back to the 49ers, I, I do think you brought up something kind of interesting, especially it just popped into my mind when you mentioned the secondary, the amount of depth that this defense has back there, because something that we sort of touched on but didn't really get into in the last episode was the comparison between this defense and the 2019 defense course one that helped the Niners go 13 and three go to the Super Bowl come up just a bit short against the Kansas City Chiefs but had them right there the difference to me in that team I mean I I know they had some bigger talent they were a little bit younger on the outside I mean a couple of these guys were on that group if you're looking at um you know the likes of Emmanuel Mosley on the outside uh but you know Richard Sherman sort of led the way for that corner group uh, Kwan Williams, Tarverius Moore, like those were guys that were kind of in and out, um, but were very young. I mean, Mosley was 23 years old. Moore was 23 years old. Uh, Kella Witherspoon, 24 years old on that team. Like they have a lot more, I think, leadership and veteran presence on the outside because we, we don't need to spend much time talking about how great the defensive line has been, even though Eric Armstead might be dealing with a foot injury. To me, they're the deepest defensive line in the league. Their linebackers, even with the absence of Aziz Al-Shair, has looked like they haven't missed a, a, a beat with Fred Warner along with Drake Greenlaw, who has really come into his own and has looked, especially on Monday night, like Navarro Bowman-esque. Um, but to me, that may be the one area where I could say, okay, this this team could rival that defense because of its corner play and because it might be a little bit deeper on the outside. Top heavy. I'm not sure if there's any one-on-one corner that's going to be, you know, as, as good as Richard Sherman was for that group. But to me, if you're looking at a, a comparison and trying to to figure out which defense is better, granted it's been four games, there's a long way to go. But on paper, they're on pace to be better than that defense. And I think if you want to make a case, the one area where you're saying, all right, this is where they have the edge, to me would be on the outside. Yeah, certainly. I think that, you know, is, is what I was mentioning earlier. This is a, a situation that the Niners have never really had under Kyle Shanahan. I think you could even say, even back to Jim Harbaugh, I mean, it was it's always been the front seven that's been the strength of the 49ers' defenses for a long time now. It, it's never really been the secondary. They've had good players there. You mentioned Richard Sherman, but he he wasn't in his prime at that point. He still was a really good player and, and one of the best players in the Niners' secondary in 2019, that run to the Super Bowl. Um, but they haven't really had this depth. And I, I agree that that I think is what separates um, that 2019 defense and this 2022 defense. Now it's still early. Of course, you're four games in, but you look at some of the numbers and some of the returns here, the 49ers are allowing 3.8 yards per play. 
And again, just four games in, you know, you, you play one bad game where you give up 30 points and that number is going to jump a lot because it's a relatively small sample size. But 3.8, when you consider some of the, the better offenses from recent memory, I mean, the, the 2015 Broncos, 4.4 yards per play. 2013 Seahawks, 4.4 yards per play. Those 2019 49ers, 4.7 yards per play. I mean, so you're a half a yard to about a whole yard uh, worse than the current Niners at 3.8 yards per play. And I would argue, even though it is early, that the way that the the NFL game is being played now, even different than it was in 2013 and 2015, there has been an offensive explosion. So that 3.8 number is even more impressive than it would have been back in 2013, 2014, 2015. Again, it's early. We're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves. But that 3.8 number is historically relevant and impressive. And if the Niners are even anywhere near that ballpark towards the end of the year, this will go down as not only the best defense in the NFL this year, but one of the best in recent memory in the NFL. Well, and just to back you up, I believe I saw a stat that no team has had a 3.8 yard per play throughout an entire season, grant you, average since the 1977 season. So, you know, we're not just look, talking about the Legion of Boom. We're talking about the 2000 Ravens. We're talking about, you know, great defenses from the 90s, from the 80s, from the late 70s. Um, I mean, even some of the great defenses that the Niners had, you know, taking a look at the 94 team or before that, like there's a lot of excellent defenses in times where maybe passing and points were less uh, less high than they are now. But still, I mean, they're they're on pace to go down as as one of the best. And that's the crazy part to me, too, is I mean, I sort of mentioned it last episode, but like if they did do it, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked just because of how good they have looked so far. Like the, the whole premise that defense travels sometimes can get a bit misconstrued. But when you have a team that's this deep and that has already kind of gotten through a couple of injuries, some of them more impactful than others, but have larger part maintained the same core. Um, this is a team that look, yeah, may give up some points down the road to a, you know, to a chiefs team, maybe a Cardinals team um, looking at a chargers team. That's pretty good on offense, but also then again, you got the next couple of weeks against the, the Panthers and the Falcons who offensively are not very good teams. And in fact, next this weekend against the Panthers, uh, Baker Mayfield has been one of the worst quarterbacks in football. So as much as you might give up a four and a half yard per play game against one of those better offenses, you might also hold the Panthers to less than three and a half, less than 3.8. And they might still be right back on track where they are this week after next week. Oh my God. That I mean, we'll talk about, you know, that Panthers game more on, on the Friday uh, edition of the podcast, but that might be just a, a bloodbath for the Panthers offensively. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is special. He'll probably pull a couple of crazy plays off and, and get the team, you know, in, in scoring range and, and maybe he'll break a touchdown himself, but Baker Mayfield has just looked so bad that that might be a <laughs> tough game to watch on Sunday. I mean, the Niners defense is so good and Baker Mayfield has looked so bad. I mean, DJ Moore is one of the more talented receivers in the NFL, and he's essentially a non-factor uh, against, you know, middle of the pack defenses in this in this league. So I am. I, I, I'm looking forward to it, obviously, because I, I, I want to see the 49ers play well and see that defense show off. But it it might be a relatively ugly display of offense in that game. And it might be kind of difficult to watch kind of like a train wreck. Like 
you, you just can't take your eyes away because it's so bad. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think that the defense for the 49ers had its best performance of the season against the Rams? Like that was that was at its best? I think the Niners players would tell you that. Uh, I know if, what Fred Warner said after the Broncos game, which, you know, they gave up nine points against a future Hall of That's Fame was, quarterback. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good in Denver. Yeah, but Fred Warner said, man, we didn't force any turnovers. So, you know, nine points. And what what does it really mean when you don't force a turnover and give your offense chances to score? Uh, and they forced multiple turnovers against the Rams. Uh, so he would probably tell you uh, the Rams performance was better but uh, I don't know I mean I guess it, it comes down to whose offense do you respect more the Rams or the or the Broncos and I guess I would say the Rams at this point so I think I'd agree with Fred Warner and say that the Rams was the better defensive performance yeah I'm with you it just feels like you could kind of make a case almost for for the last three games I mean I know the Seahawks are not very good but defense didn't give up a single point I That's mean true. it was a special teams touchdown that put Seattle on the board so I mean, it's that, that that's the thing. We're basically splitting hairs here <laughs> about three games in which the defense is absolutely dominated. Yeah, when, uh, when you can easily make a case for the last three games, your team is probably playing. <laughs> well. Um, and a big part of that, and and I I want to use this to kind of go off on a tangent for a sec about Talanoa Hufanga, and we spent a lot of time in the last episode, you know, just going through how remarkable his pick six was how instinctual it was, how much of a gamble it was, according to Kyle Shanahan in a play where, quote, you better be right when you make that play because, look, if you're up eight and that's a wheel route, Cooper Cup's taking that to the crib and we might have ourselves a tie game. So Talano Hufanga makes a risky play, makes an educated guess, and he guessed right, and he sealed the game for the 49ers. And that's why, although people have understandably compared him to the great Troy Polamalu. Like they're both Polynesian. They both play a similar position. They both went to USC. To me, it's low-hanging fruit. And I don't think they are necessarily comparable because at least when I think of Polamalu, I think of a big hitter. I think of an acrobatic player. And although Hufanga has some of those athletic traits, to me, he's much more like an Ed Reed than a Troy Polamalu because Ed Reed was a guy that was allowed to play with his head as much as his physical gifts. And he was a guy that, look, on the great Ravens defenses of the early 2000s, like they kind of just let him play center field. And sometimes, no matter what the defense was, he just did what he wanted to. And that's kind of how Talanoa Hufanga plays to me, or at least has so far with this 49ers defense as he's grown into himself in his second season. He plays with almost a feel for the game that you can't really game plan for because you don't exactly know what he's going to do. He saw that pick or that pick six that sealed the game. As he mentioned, it was something on tape earlier that week. He recognized a play earlier in the game. There was a similar setup late and he jumped the route knowing exactly where the ball was going to be. Not even considering the fact that he might get beat deep. 
That to me is more of an Ed Reed play than a Paulo Malu play and why I would compare his instincts right now to the Hall of Famer of the Ravens rather than the Steelers. That's interesting. It is always funny when, you know, I think I think Troy Aikman said on the Monday Night Football broadcast, you know, Talanoa Hufunga, he really reminds you of Troy Polamalu. Like, yeah, you don't say. I mean, that's what everyone <laughs> has been saying about Talanoa Hufunga. And I think it's, it's, I mean, it's a very easy comparison to make. And as you mentioned, low-hanging fruit. There are certainly some similarities um, that are hard to ignore. I forgot about uh, the big hair. That was my bad. The, the big hair as well. And, you know, their safety likes to play up in the box. And, and you see him blitz off the edge, try to time the snap count. We don't see that quite as much from Hufanga, but you do see it every so often. I mean, he had that great tackle in the backfield. I, I believe it was the, the Broncos game where he just timed the, the snap and was unblocked in the backfield and could have either sacked the quarterback or tackled the running back, whichever got the ball. Um, but I, I do like that comparison specifically, you know, about Ed Reed and how he used his his mind and kind of his ability to see the game. Uh, to his benefit. And it was what, what Nick Bosa said about Talano Hufanga after the game on Monday night. He said, honestly, I think that Hufanga's mind is his best asset. The way that he sees and can understand the game and then turns that into, you know, jumping routes, uh, getting around blockers, seeing how the play is flowing and putting himself in the best position to make a tackle, whether it's seeing things pre-play, seeing things as the routes are being run, realizing oh, this is a screen, I need to jump it and, you know, avoid this blocker and potentially pick off this ball and return it to the house. I mean, that's what that play was. It was all instincts because of the way that he sees the game, the way that he understands and breaks down tape. Um, so I would argue that that Nick Bosa would probably agree with you that the way that Talanoa Hufunga sees the game and then acts on those instincts is similar to one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game in Ed Reed. So uh, I like the comparison. Yeah, I, I can see it. Obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There, there's a long <laughs> way to go in Hufanga's career, but just kind of those book kind of those it, Hall of Famer book. Yeah, get him the yellow, <laughs> get him the gold jacket right now. Uh, leave it in his locker in Carolina. Uh, no, I, I just, I, I just think that you know we're we're always looking to kind of compare players and put players on a pedestal and you know make these obvious comps and um i don't know to me it, it just there, there's more similarities between like a guy who who nick bo said said plays more with his head rather than than his his gifts his physical gifts because also and you mentioned it too like hufanga at least coming out of college wasn't nearly lauded for you know, his, his physical attributes, like he wasn't a combine monster, but he was the PAC 12 player, the defensive player of the year, because he was always around the football and always made plays. So um, that's just kind of the way I see it.